to is in the preparation. Don't, I mean, don't let the time prior to going be all about um, raising funds and the time after, don't just move on. Um, yeah, I think good, you have Kay. to prepare your students um, in, in understanding what it means to be a servant leader and to emphasize the relationships. Check, check, one, two, is this thing on? Welcome to the Cultivating Ministry Podcast. Strategies, resources, and conversations equipping leaders to cultivate healthy ministry environments. My name is Chris Lynch, host of the Cultivating Ministry Podcast, and as always, we are uh, stoked to have you with us on this week's edition. Stoked, you like that word, Kay? I can tell you're at the beach. I am at the beach. I'm on a little, con- at a little, at a little conference. Uh, you are using and, uh, beachy words. Is stoked a beach word? I thought it was I more like so. a. Well, I think Southern California. Oh. Well, I think okay. do, you, do you think like fast month, fast times at Ridgemont High type stuff? I could, I could Google the origin of that word. I, I bet you could. <laughs> anyway, as we're 35 seconds in, we're off the rails. Um, <laughs> it's a new record. The, welcome to the Cultivating Ministry Podcast. <laughs> uh, so we're going to uh, jump into a conversation this week uh, about uh, mission trips and uh, pros and cons and uh, some things to avoid and that sort of thing as you think about um, missions and mission trips with your uh, church family. Uh, so as we do that, I'm going to let you guys introduce yourselves. And then as you introduce yourselves, tell us a little bit about yourself and then share with everyone in the podcast land, um, maybe a mission trip, a great story from a mission trip, whether it's a mission trip fail or just a fun story from a mission trip, as I know we've all taken many countless numbers of mission trips in our time in ministry. So Laura, why don't you go first? All right. I'm Laura McLean uh, from East Tennessee, um, where I work with uh, youth and young adult ministries. And my very first mission trip in charge, um, I was like 23, you know, it's my first summer after college. And this church had um, been on mission trips with this particular company before in the past had great experiences so yes let's do this so first we get notified that they have overbooked the week and um they're going to put us in a hotel instead of the dorms at the college which to me that seems like a win we didn't have to pack sheets we didn't have to pack towels you know like all right let's do this so so we get there (laughs) and the hotel is i know y'all are shocked to hear this but um, less than desirable. And um, so it, it had also prior to this trip been the practice of this group that there was an adult that stayed in every room. And those of you that may be United Methodist uh, um, have probably are, well, certainly are familiar with safe sanctuaries. And so that's when uh, that really got kicked off in our conference. So that was, this was the first trip without adults in the rooms with the students. Um, this particular hotel, the doors open to the outside, and there were just a lot of characters around this hotel. 
um, of all kinds. And we saw multiple drug deals going down. This is a group from a very small town in East Tennessee, super sheltered. Um, there was no chance that any of them were going to leave their rooms <laughs> once it was time to go to bed, though. So, I mean, you know, there's a win, I guess. They were terrified to walk outside <laughs> their rooms a win. So, um, so there was not much sleep to be had for the adults that week. Um, also, the work we did, which I'm sure we'll talk about this later on, but was not meaningful at all. It was... <laughs> We painted some gray buildings gray again. I think maybe the week before they had done it and probably the week after they did that too. Wait, but, um, was it the same shade of gray? Yes, 100%. I'm, I'm not exaggerating. It was Oh all my gosh. Yeah. Um, fantastic. And, and you probably paid a lot of money oh, to go on that trip. Yes. For supplies. Yeah. Yes, they arrange all of this for you. It's a win. Yes. They've got the relationships. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. So um, our free day, like we, we were in Florida. So um, one night we went to dinner on the beach. It was red tide. So there were dead fish oh. everywhere. People couldn't breathe. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, we went to Bush Gardens. It was a monsoon so much that like our kids were just swimming in the puddles. We all wore <laughs> um, trash bags once we got on the bus because we were so wet that we didn't want to soak the bus for the rest of the week. I mean, it was one of those, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Did, it sounds like, a, oh, there's even more. Holy yeah, cow. I mean, just, so each group was assigned like one staff person. And instead of hiring like a real male staff for the summer, they decided that the band they hired was also going to be their male staff. So <laughs> oh. the guy that was at our site cared negative amounts about doing mission work. He cared lots about playing the drums. And so, um, so he would just like walk around not doing anything, not being helpful <laughs> with these great buildings. Of course, how much help yeah. to be. So he, he would just walk around, roam around. No joke. So fast forward like 15 years, I'm back in Knoxville, back at my home church. Who is now leading worship? <laughs> that guy. No way. Yes. So I'm guessing he didn't chaperone next year's mission trip. I don't think so. I think he stuck with the music and worked out for it. But um, did yeah. I, did you feel like at some point that you start looking around that you were on an episode of Punked? Yes, 100%. I was like, this cannot all be happening. Like, it's, it's like a, is impossible. It's like a Chris so Farley. It's, it's like, go ahead, Kay. <laughs> Well, I was just going to say, it's amazing. Like, this is your first mission trip, right? It's yeah. amazing that you stuck with youth ministry. Out That's there. true. That's true. Sometimes Seriously. I'll tell you about my first retreat at that church. Thank God for graceful pastors is all I have to say. But um, man, I, oh feel man. Like, I feel like this is made of great Chris Farley skit. Like, at some point, you <laughs> yeah. just throw your hands up in the air and say, for the love of all things holy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Golly. And before we left... We didn't have enough bus drivers, like for our big, you know, CDL required bus. Um, one of our chaperones was going to get, we found out you could get a permit because there wasn't enough time to get the appointments, blah, 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 blah. He didn't pass the test. So somebody had to, I know, I know. Somebody <laughs> else had to drive down with us 
to Florida. Yes, we dropped them at the airport. They flew home. And then we had one driver for the whole week. And thank God nothing happened to him. And so then on like Thursday, when we came home Saturday, we went and picked up another adult flew down <laughs> to drive back with us. Oh, so if you're listening and have never taken a mission oh. trip, we now know why you never will. Yeah. If you want to private message me, I'll <laughs> let you know what company that was. But, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. You need to put it in our chats because I, now I'm really. Uh... And I think <laughs> I think uh, thanks for tuning in. That's about the <laughs> that's about our time this week. Peace yes. out. That's true. <laughs> Laura got that's on a roll. So, All right, Kay. Introduce I, yourself and tell us hey. your story. Yeah. Hey, everyone. I'm Kay. Um, I am from Ohio. Um, was in min- youth ministry for about 23 years. Still, um, still work with teens in a um, leadership position now, teaching leadership development. And um, anyhow, I yes went on lots of mission trips. None of them that bad. I mean, you know, you have your bee stings. And, you know, your reaction to Benadryl and um, poison ivy, you know, from a rest stop, a boy, you can imagine where that was at. Uh, I mean, on the body. Mm. And um, I didn't expect it going there. Yeah. yeah. That took, like doing yard work. That took a hard right turn quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but, you know, we went to New York City three times the kids just love this particular mission and um the first time we went i delegated um the organization of it to a young adult and um lo and behold the church where we were staying didn't have showers so plan b was bring your swimsuit we're gonna get a garden hose and that's what we're doing. Well, no, plan B was the, because we were on Coney Island, plan B was the bathhouses, like, you know, at the beach. Mm-hmm. Well, there weren't showers there, or they were locked and, you know, whatever. Not, not so we got, um, went to the dollar store, got hoses or whatever, and the kids put their swimsuits on and showered out in the parking lot. <laughs> um, however, the women's chaperones showered in the custodian closet which you know i don't know about you but they're not the cleanest that we use that sink to you know the mop sink well, to shower yeah to well to get clean i don't i mean to try to do something <laughs> with water and soap but yeah that 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 was interesting, but then you can you imagine because we would go to Manhattan, you know, for a fun night out, but you have thirty kids plus however many adults. I remember standing on the train um, platform, you know, being the last one off. Look on, oh, you know, looking down the lane, making sure okay are all the little chickadees on at least on this train, um, and then jumping on myself before took off you know i mean it was just you just h- hope and pray that god <laughs> sees you through it right I mean, because yeah. we we saw drug deals and you know all kinds of fun stuff but yeah that's wow. there's my horror story you know leading into leading into the, did i say that? 
leading into this conversation, I felt like I had a pretty uh, pretty good story. But my gosh, I feel like uh, mine's going to be chopped liver. My name's Chris Lynch. Uh, I serve in the great state of South Carolina, the Palmetto State. Uh, I am at the coast on South Carolina for a conference this week as we're recording this podcast. Um, it, my, so my favorite mission trip story is it, it was an accident we had on a mission trip. And so uh, we would do three years. So I did senior high mission trips for ninth through 12th graders. And so once every four years, we go to do inner city missions. But the other three years, we do construction based mission trips. <clears throat> And uh, so one year we were working on a house and I was working with one of my youth. Her name was Kimberly. It was it was her first mission trip. She was in, uh, just finished her ninth grade year. And um, we were on we were working on a we were putting rails on a front porch. And by the to the 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 front porch made like an L around the front of the house. And so as you went from left to right to the where it made the turn, by the time you got that corner, it was too high to be standing on the ground in order to put the red, to nail the rails in. We were using a nail gun. So the only way to put the perpendicular rail going from where we made that turn was for me to stand on a ladder outside of the porch and shoot the nail gun through one piece into the end of another piece. And so I, you know, I was, you know, safety first kids, you know, and so I I put Kimberly on the far end of a six foot piece of two by four and I'm on the ladder and I lean in and I don't know how many of you know anything about nail guns, but nail guns, when they're working properly, they have a mechanism that's a safety mechanism that when you shoot a nail before you can shoot a second nail, you have to release off the pressure off the nail gun and release the trigger and then reset it before you set it, shoot another nail. Well, I'm, I've am i got it because I'm outside. I kind of have it leaning up against my shoulder, my right shoulder. I'm leaned into the outside of that piece of wood, and I pull the trigger. It goes, doop, doop. it shoots two nails. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. Not supposed to do that. Now, this happens in like three seconds, okay? And I, I'm, I'm looking, and I'm like, huh, where'd that second nail go? And about that time, I said, where's that nail? By that time, Kimberly, who's on the other side of things, holds up her right arm, and there's a nail stuck in her forearm. Uh-uh. Oh, no. Oh, absolutely. And I'm like, you've got no. to be kidding me. So we had a malfunctioning nail gun. And so Clarence was the retired contractor who was our site leader. And Clarence is on top of the roof doing some roofing with some other kids. And I'm like, hey, Clarence, I need you. It's all right. I'll be there in just a minute. I said, no, Clarence, I need you now. He said, yep. give, me just, give me just one second. By this time, Kimberly has walked in front of the house and she holds up her arm. I said, Clarence, look, I need you now. And he goes, oh, my God. <laughs> so Clarence comes scurrying down the ladder. He's 70, 70 years old. He has an S10 pickup truck with a camper cover with a bumper sticker on the back. that says, I break for boiled peanuts. You can't make that. <laughs> you can't make that up. That's a true story. <laughs> I said, Clarence, where do I need to take Kimberly? He says, we were on. So the home base was in Mount Pleasant which is on the north side of Charleston. We were working like an hour away. And so when you go from Charleston, you go to James Island and John's Island. We were actually on James Island, which is between Charleston and John's Island. He goes, go to John's Island. It's closer. There's an urgent care there. I said, well, what do I need to drive? He said, here, take my truck. So I'm now driving this S10 pickup truck with a bumper sticker as I break the bowl of peanuts. <laughs> and Kimberly's got a, got a 16 penny nail in her forearm. Mm-mm-mm-mm. 
We walk into the uh, urgent care at James Allen, and she holds up her arm, and the lady goes, nope, 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 you need to go back to Charleston. So we drive oh, back no. across James Island to Charleston. Now, at this point, she still has the nail in her arm because I'm scared to death I pull it out. She's going to start gushing blood like yeah. a Saturday Night Live skit, you know? Right. So we ride all the way back to Charleston to MUSC, Medical University of South Carolina. And we walk in, and they they start taking care of us. I, at some point, I called Kimberly's mom, and she still laughs. She said, you were a babbling – I mean, I was <laughs> – I was four years in the youth ministry, 27 years old. I, know, oh. I was scared to death to call mom yeah. and tell her, hey, yes. I just shot your kid with a nail gun. <laughs> yes. But yeah, my not favorite, only did this happen, but it was I, I did it. it. Although, I did. although I started better. thinking, right, I started thinking, yeah. at least it was me. I'm a responsible adult. <laughs> okay, right. sort of. I'm an so adult. The, the best part of the story was we get the way into the room at the um, MUSC, and the nurse walks in. It's a male nurse, and he's got a shaved head and a beard. And that's really like common now. It was not common in, in, in 2000. And he walks in. He says, what's going on? <laughs> Excuse me. Kimberly holds up her forearm. He goes, cool, body piercing. <laughs> that's so I was hilarious. Like, yeah, I was like, thank God we're in the right place. And so yeah. everything turned out fine, except for Kimberly couldn't go on the work site the rest of the week because they couldn't get it. They were afraid of getting dirty and getting infected. But Hell yeah. So the greatest part of the story was, she, we were aware enough that it had enough time waiting on clearance that we actually stepped a picture of Kimberly holding up her form with a nail in it. So I blew it up into an eight by 10 and framed it and put it in the youth room. <laughs> <laughs> so every, every year at the informational meeting for parents and kids who are going on the youth trip, I would say, mm -hmm. all right, guys, here's my thing. Here are the rules. If you break the rules, first, first offense is a warning. Second offense, we call your parents. The third offense, you get the nail gun. <laughs> they look at me. I'd show, the, I'd show them the picture. They're like, I'm, I'm just kidding, guys. It's really that. So, anyway, that's good stuff. So there are some, um, there has Ooh. been kind of this narrative over the no last number of years about um, the the effectiveness, I guess, or the pros and cons of youth ministry, of, of, of mission trips and, and youth ministry, I guess, for that matter, in any kind of ministry. Any ministry, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So let, let's talk about kind of that, that conversation and what would you guys say are kind of the, the the reasons to and the reasons the reasons not to do if there are or 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 mm -hmm. how to, what are those things that we need to be looking out for as far as when we put together mission trips what what are some things some some things to be cautious of well I think Laura kind of alluded to it about the relationships um, I I think the harm because that's you know, there's even books, right, about um, the harm that mission work can do. Um, so I think, you know, those organizations that would go into a community for a summer and offer VBS and then we'll paint your houses. Um, you know, what it, is that helpful for the community? Um, I think if you are United Methodist or another denomination that offers um, something where organizations that are long-term, um, meaning, you know, you go in, they're established in a community, they're helping a whole community, and you're just offering, um, you know, man hours to help is the way to go, um, in my opinion. You know, I just think um, there is good to be done for the youth, their lives definitely are changed 
But I think there needs to be discussion around, are we doing it to make ourselves feel good? Yep. Or are we doing it um, to transform lives of the people that we're trying to serve? You know, I don't know. Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Anything you add to that, Laura? Well, I I was just going to echo that and say, I have a good friend that grew up in the rural areas of Appalachia, and there were always mission teams coming to fix people's houses or do whatever. And she has spoken about how harmful that was to their community Mm -hmm. and um, the ways that, that it could have been helpful if they had partnered with people who were actually a part of the community and knew what the real needs were and knew how to navigate and um, what connections to make. And, and like even something as simple as buying supplies in that community, because of course that helps, you know, instead of coming in with all of your stuff um, and those kinds of things. And so um, I do, I think it's really important to pay attention to who you're working with and if they are, if they're a drop-in for the summer or if they have ongoing mission work. And that's why, you know, there are lots of places that have, like you said, those um, those places that need man hours, um, but they have an ongoing ministry in areas. Mm-hmm. Um, right. and, and I love the stories of churches who develop those relationships with different mm-hmm. places. You know, um, there was a, two local churches here in Knoxville that worked really closely post-Katrina. They worked with um, a church in Mississippi and and it was not a United Methodist church. They were United Methodist churches, but um, it was not, but they sent teams down like monthly for years and they developed this relationship. They knew Mm -hmm. the folks, they knew what they needed. The folks knew them and knew their skill set and could, you know, just arrange those things and all that kind of stuff. Um, and those are some beautiful partnerships. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that and to echo that, I think that the key here is how do you I'm not and I don't know if we have any answers for this. If we do. I'd love to hear them. But the challenge here with this is how do you both go into this with the. With the. Um, with the experience of the person you're serving in mind is, is, is how do I, how am I, how do I make it more about them than about us yeah. as the youth group or, or group from our church is going to do this. But at the same time, there is value in the experience of the church group that's going in, you know, because they experience something that typically they, that it's, it's foreign to them. Mm-hmm. So you have to walk this really fine balance, fine line of balance between um, being the uh, the well-to-do group that's coming in, as Case said earlier, to help these less fortunate people, right? Because and, right to be the saviors yeah. of this, you know, to do this for them. And how do you help the people who are serving with your group? Um see themselves as no better than mm-hmm. those that are being served. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, that's a, it's a difficult balance to walk. And I think that's the, the challenge of it. Um, I think I've missed this before on the podcast at some point. Now we're 30, we're, we're over a year, half a year into this thing. 
But, you know, when I was in, in seminary, I have a, a counseling ministry degree from in seminary. And one of my professors in a pastoral care counseling or pastoral care and counseling class said, you know, it's always important if you're the counselor to remember that, but by the grace, but by the grace of God, that the tables are switched, mm-hmm. you know, and it's yeah. this, 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 this attitude of humility in that situation, I think also applies here that yes, you know, a, a, as a group that's usually paying money, to go to on a trip to help those who couldn't afford to go on any kind of trip like that. It's important to always remember that, but by the grace of, but by the grace of God, those tables could be turned and you're right. the one being served, not being the one who is um, serving. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a weird thing because I think there is that I have experienced this in my time in, in ministry. It can, they, mission trips can be very powerful to change mm-hmm. yeah. the outlook of those who are serving but if we just um, are using, if we just are using them, using that experience, and using the the, the people that we're serving as, for a chance to to change our own lives, then then it does become very. Uh, it, it's a slippery slope, I guess, is is the word I'm looking for. I think the key is to is in the preparation. Don't I mean? Yeah. Don't let the time prior to going be all about. Um, raising funds and the time after don't just move on. Um, yeah. I think good, you have Kay. to prepare your students um, in, in understanding what it means to be a servant leader and to emphasize the relationships yep. in those that we serve. It's not just about getting the house painted, but it's a, about making that person feel important. Yep. And during the trip, I would even say, having nightly devotions about what did you learn and where did you see God in the day? Because then it takes it off of, you know, about making myself feel good. Um, And then the follow-up, right? Um, How can we respond to where we saw God moving this week and how I'm a changed person now and how does that fit into your community coming home. Yeah, right? I think, I, yeah, that's what I was about to say. I was thinking the exact same thing, Kay, is that, you know, I think the key is that we don't have to go somewhere. It's mm-hmm. how do we challenge people who go away, usually on a mission trip, to serve others? How can we then challenge them to say, okay, look, missions work, serving others doesn't have to be something that you go away to do. You right. have an opportunity, whether you're a student or an adult or a child, you have opportunities every day to serve others. So how can this trip transform the way you see the world and see the needs of those around you and then be willing to be then compelled because God calls us to care for those who are around us who are struggling? How can you, how can you then, um, what's the word? Um Make that a, yeah, make make that a lifestyle, I guess, oh, not right, just right. something we do once mm-hmm. a week or once a year, right. one week a year. That's what I'm getting right. at. Sorry. Part of the DNA of your group. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just that's having a conversation, right? I mean, I remember our students came back and decided that they wanted to start doing prayer walks. And they would nice. meet even without me and do mm-hmm. prayer walks. Uh, prayer walks, I don't around um neighborhoods together um 
But there was something I was going to add to that, Chris, that you just said. Oh, I do believe it's a both and, you know, I people like to be to criticize and say, well, you don't have to go away to find needs. No, you don't. But we all know that when we pull teenagers out of their comfort zone, well, yeah. adults for that matter, that's where growth happens. And well, so. And that's know, just like, that's, that's just like a retreat. I mean, that's what I was going to say too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't have to go away to have spiritual growth, but when you get right. out of your element and get out mm-hmm. of your, everything that the, the norm, the day-to-day norm, it, it 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 opens up eyes in a different way. Yep. So yeah, I think it's just just being intentional and being aware of what you're doing. One of my favorite things that I, and I'll try to post this if I remember um, when I post the podcast. There's a great uh, video that John Chris did about mission trips and 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 the the basically the when it becomes he does a whole spoof about when it becomes about us more than it is about those we're serving. Yep. And the dangers, it's really funny. But I think that's the reality of what happens a lot of times. I have a great illustration of that. Um, there's a um, mission state station in Liberia. And um, there's a school. They have a garden. I mean, the whole thing. Great, great. Um, a church. And um, some group went years ago and put a huge satellite dish outside the guest house because that way... I guess they thought they could get whatever, you know, internet, whatever you could get with a satellite back in the day. Well, do you think those librarians had any clue on when that when that broke, how to fix it? No. Right. Also, let's remember the only way that they have electricity right. is it's, from a generator. Right. And are they going to waste that? You know, it, it's just such a huge um example of how we mess things up sometimes. Yep. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Laura, anything else you would add to, uh, to the conversation that we've been kind of talking over you for a while? No, you're fine. I, I, we're all on the same, yeah, the same yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever wavelength, I guess. The yep. And so, yep. Cool. Well, I we hope that's helpful. If, if you're getting ready to, I mean, it's, you know, mid-May or after now when you're getting this. So, Tis the uh, season. Probably end of May. Yeah, you're probably getting ready to go on a mission trip if you're uh, doing those in the summer. Hopefully, we'll give you some insight here. It'd be helpful as far as that goes. Um, now, now's our, our favorite, obviously, it's our favorite time because we really like all the other stuff about too. It's my favorite time because I like to look at the, I like this, I get to see the looks you guys make when I share the <laughs> random fact of the week and how Okay, Paul, yeah. okay but I have a fact before you share your fact. Oh, it's a bonus, I- it's a bonus fact. Okay. It's a bonus week. Wow. That's right. the, the first two for, for random facts well, on the pod- because I had to look up Okay. And it is a surfer slang having originated from California. See, I was right. You of doubted course you were. Have you ever noticed every time Kay looks up something on Google, she's always right? <laughs> she doesn't share when she's That's right. right. That's, those are the times she stays quiet about it. That's, That's right. Exactly right. Exactly right. Hold on. So, this is the most interesting thing because I would have never guessed this that it originated in the 50s and 60s. Wow. I it's know. It's an old term. It's an old one. Well, that's but it's older, still that's widely older than used. It's a vintage term, Chris. A vintage. vintage. It's a classic. <laughs> I was listening to a classic station today on the radio and I heard uh, 
Bust a Move. And I was like, that's no. classic? Yes. Young MC, Bust a Move is no classic. Oh I'm that's like, I'm old. So here's the um, random fact of the week that I had uh, brought to the table. Uh, 75 burgers are sold in McDonald's every second. That's crazy. That's a lot of burgers. Every can, second. Every second. 75 burgers. I don't know. Six times 75. Uh, 60 times 75 is like 47. I mean, that's, that's almost 5,000 a minute. I was going to say, let's figure that out in a day. How many seconds are in a day? Uh, hold on. I got to get my calculator out. There's 525,600 minutes in a year. Thank you, Rand. Why do you know that? It's, it's a, a song. song. It's a song. Oh, sixty. 60 seconds in a minute times 75 equals that's 45 times 24. That's 108,000 a day. No, no, that's not, that's not no. Right. no, hold on. 60 I, seconds we, in a minute. This is I not a math. Remember it's what a lot. Fact was now. <laughs> this, is, this is not a math. This is not a, this is not a math. Uh, who are we no, kidding? This, this is not a bad podcast. podcast. Someone figure that out for us and put it in our comments. Yeah, please. Here's the, the an interesting sub fact is that you can view how many burgers have been sold in real time on the McDonald's website. You can also attract a number of other products that have been, also been sold from all over the world. <laughs> so what you okay. do? What you, interested. What'd you yeah. do? Fr- what you do Friday <laughs> night? I watched the McDonald's ticker. <laughs> it was so, really rolling. Some folks watch the. Some folks. Some folks watch stock markets. <laughs> Some folks watch yeah. scores on the Sports Center ticker. I watch McDonald's Burgers Soul. That's your Friday night <laughs> entertainment. That's funny. Maybe that could be a mission trip activity when you're back at the uh, at your home base that night. Is just pull up the old internet and watch the McDonald's ticker and see what kind of fun can be had with your group when you're on a mission trip. Um, so I hope that's been helpful for you. Uh, we'd love to hear any feedback you have. Uh, <laughs> Like, rate, subscribe, review, send us a comment on the podcast. Um, follow us on social media, cultivategroup.org. No, that's our website. Sorry. Go check out our website, cultivategroup.org, C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight, group.org. Check us out on social media. You can leave us some information there at C-U-L-T-V, C-U-L-T-I-V, it's not number a spelling eight. Podcast either. It's not. We don't do math <laughs> We put that we put that number in there. It really throws me off. It does. C U L T I V the number eight group on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Follow us and uh, let us know if we can help you in any way. And uh, thanks for joining us this week. And we'll see you next time on the Cultivating Industry Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Cultivating Ministry Podcast. Strategies, resources, and conversations equipping leaders to cultivate healthy ministry environments. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to like, rate, and review our show wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to connect with you on social media, so follow Cultivate Group at C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight group, on Instagram and Facebook. And check out our website at cultivategroup.org. That's C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight, group.org. Thanks for listening. See you next time.